Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. So this episode is a bit of an SOS episode. Fliss was on the show about a season or two ago and seriously, you guys just adored her. I had so many requests to get her back on the show and I even had two people who were like, um, are you really friends with her? And I was like, yes, I'm really friends with her. Like what? Do you think I'm not good enough for her? So I had, I had Fliss come back on the show because Australia has been turned upside down since last season. Canberra and Victoria have been plunged into really harsh lockdowns and the New South Wales outbreak is just devastating. Queensland has been in and out of lockdown. This is just what's happening in Australia at the moment for my overseas listeners. We in Victoria have lost childcare again. I think Canberra's lost childcare possibly for the first time, maybe the second time, depending on who you are. It's just been super tiring in our house, I know, with two full-time working parents tag-teaming childcare and work and, you know, we're coping, but we have zero downtime and that's the thing that's mainly the most exhausting. Anyway, cut a long story short, I've invited Fliss back to give some more tips for grounding when things are out of control again. (laughs) Welcome, love. How are you? How's your week been? Thank you. Um... It's been okay. I've, yeah, been managing, managing. Do you know, it's always funny when I do something like this. When I work, I always ask people how they feel a lot of the time and they're not allowed to say good or bad or okay. They have to actually say a feeling word. Oh, how are you feeling? <laughs> um, well, this is the problem. I'm not really sure how I'm feeling. I think I'm, I, I want to say okay. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's um, one of your words you're not allowed to preach. use. I know. So look, I think I'm feeling um, a little bit unsettled, um, but but mostly managing, managing, yeah. I think it must be hard for you guys because I think from what I'm feeling from Canberra is that you guys were sort of not really expecting this to happen. I think a lot of people in Canberra might have thought it was over for you because your last lockdown was a full year ago and you were sort of largely untouched for most of last year and this kind of happened quite quickly and then you were just like, well, we're smack bang in the middle of New South Wales. What do we think is going to happen? Yeah, it was interesting. I think um, I think for me as it was coming close, like as – you know, New South Wales and numbers were going up, up, up. For me, it was more um, feeling like it's going to come just when. Like it almost felt like how are we not in the midst of this? How are we still not registering any cases here? So it was just this kind of surreal, strange feeling. So for me, it was almost like when it was actually called, I was like, okay, now I know where I'm sitting. Before then, I was like, oh, is it here? And I just don't know. And, you know, yeah. So it was almost like a tiny relief once it was finally there because you can be like, yeah, now we can just deal with it. Yeah, strangely, it was exactly like that. Yeah. So I like to start each episode with a recommendation of the week. So I will go first. I am re-recommending my Everlane raincoat this week. I will include a link to that in the show notes, but it's just a top-notch, super practical, very stylish raincoat, and I get compliments on it literally every time I wear it. And I mean, gyms have just been so unreliable for over a year. I have just had to commit to walking every single day, rain, hail or shine. And I just think a good quality raincoat is essential. So I will be putting a link to that raincoat and you should all buy one and get compliments on it. I got it in light blue, which was a bit of a sleeper color. Like ordinarily people are like, you want a gray, you want a black, you want something that's going to go with everything. I very much believe in jolly colored raincoats. And I just think moving forward, all raincoats should be jolly. That's just how I'm feeling about that. What do you recommend, Fliss? And it can be anything. It can be a book, a movie, a snack food, a TV show, anything. Have you watched any of what Az has been doing in this last kind of week for book week? No. Um, so we, as an Audrey, were very, very excited that book week was coming and we were already having discussions about what Audrey was going to go to her play school as. And then obviously we didn't get to go to book week. So Az has actually um, not had as much work come in this month, which means that he's had an opportunity to do something he's been wanting to do for quite a while. So he's done this um, just on YouTube, Let's Draw Aaron McKenna, and he's basically 
done a different or kind of doing different episodes, teaching kids and parents and anyone how to, to draw um, in celebration of Book Week. And I've, I've actually just been loving watching messages come in from people that we know um, and seeing the drawings that the kids are doing and some of the grown-ups are doing and how they're kind of interpreting what he's putting online so is that on is that on facebook or how do how would we do this if we want to do it if you just um youtube let's draw aaron mckenna Oh, okay. So he's not doing it live. He's recording and then you watch the... Yeah, just watch okay. it. Yeah, he's just recording at home. I'll, I'll put a yeah. link to the show notes in that, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun and different and, yeah, I've just been enjoying that this week and also enjoying watching him do something that he... That he's oh, he's he's like, loved teaching kids to draw since forever. I'm so pleased yeah. that he's having an opportunity to, to actually, you know, do more of that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So I have you on the show to talk about resilience again. Everyone loved your last episode, all of your tips. Everyone just thought that you were fantastic, as you are. Uh, Can you please explain what the hell is happening in our brains right now? I can. And I just want to say I was so chuffed to be asked back. So thank you. Um, Yeah, no, it was a real honour. So... Um, I'm glad to be back. Yay, welcome. So I'm, I'm going to go a little bit over. So part of the way that we know the brain learns is repetition, repetition, repetition. So what I'm going to do is go over what I spoke about last time for those who didn't hear and for those who did um, hearing it again or just probably hopefully cement it for you a little bit more. Um, but essentially what we know is that the brain develops from the bottom up Um so first of all, um, our foundational forming of our brainstem happens, then our um, diencephalon cerebellum, then our limbic, and then our cortex. So, um, as I you said, you sound last really time, smart when you say words like that. <laughs> I remember diencephalon because it rhymes with Teflon, and <laughs> so you know all of these helpful tricks that we have. But do, but, um, but but is the diencephalon is it is it like Teflon or not? No, so well, well, basically, when we when we think about the brain, the as I said last time, I use a lot of Dr. Bruce Perry's model, and he has. I love it because it's just so easy to access and so easy to understand. So he does it is in an upside down triangle, and in the bottom, so the pointy end, that's where your brain stem is, and that's actually responsible for things that help us live. So things like our heart rate, our body temperature, blood. Um, blood pressure. Next one up is diencephalon cerebellum and that's um, got a lot to do with action. So um, the one up from that is the limbic and that has a lot to do with our emotional relational well-being and the one on top is the is the cortex. So what we know is that our stress response kind of originates in the brain stem on those subcortical parts of the brain and the pathway um, to our flight, fight, freeze response sits in our limbic emotional part of our brain. Um, and that's called the amygdala. Um, and that's where the flight, fight, freeze response sits. And so when I, I can't remember if I said this last time or not, but when I work with people, do you remember our handsome little sausage dog, Norton? Of yeah. course you do. I actually use Norts in this. So basically I say... Um, the neural pathway, the flight, fight, freeze, freeze response becomes more developed the more you activate it. So um, when we lived with Noughts, we weren't the best lawn mowers. So you'd go out into our back <laughs> your lo- lo- yard and you'd be able to see the little Norton track. Um, so to get to the clothesline, it was kind of a bit easier just to follow the Norton track. Um, <laughs> didn't mean that we couldn't make a new one. Didn't mean we could have gone straight to the clothesline and done kind of probably a quicker route. Um, but I guess basically what's happened is that little Norton track to the flight, fight, freeze response for a lot of us has at some level been going for a really long time now. So that's become quite well worn. So, um, we've essentially been in a heightened state, um, of stress for quite some period of time. Can you maybe tell us if this is something that we might be able to compare to something that humans have experienced before, or is this like a brand new thing for us? So I've seen a lot of experts kind of saying that, like comparing what we're going through to other disruptive historical events, but is this unique or have, has humanity experienced something similar to this in the past, do you think? Um, I guess I think that from a neurobiological 
perspective, the same things would have happened in the Depression, World War Two. So the situation may be different, but essentially from an evolutionary kind of perspective, our brains are still formed the way that they're formed and function how they they function over that time. That's so not the answer I wanted, Fleas. So I was like, oh. no, we're unique. We're unique snowflakes and no one's ever been through anything like this before. And oh, you're like, no, I'm that's sorry. not what your brain is thinking, I'm Carly. <laughs> for us it is. For us it's really unfamiliar. Yeah. I was, I was probably taking that a bit more macro. No, I like, really for- like that you did make it macro because it actually, it, it, to be fair, that is actually the response I was after because I do want to feel like we can recover from this and that we can – feel normal and feel good again the way that people you know during the depression and during spanish flu and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that has been compared to this have clearly recovered so yeah absolutely absolutely and i think one thing um that we know about people um is that we can be incredibly incredibly resilient and our brains have a whole lot of plasticity um that that will help with that recovery well, I kind of feel like, you know, as a Victorian towards the end of last year, I did feel quite relaxed and like it was all over. And then obviously this year's just been an absolute shitstorm. quite possibly yeah. worse than last year because we did actually think it might have been over. And then, hey, Delta, how you doing? Well, the thing I think that's different, and I don't know if you um, or any of your listeners have come across um, Emily and Amelia Nagowski. No. Uh, they've written a book on burnout, and I thought you'd like this sort of seeing the intro to your newsletter, um, because essentially what we know um, in the field, there's been a lot of research into burnout, but that's actually been a lot about professional burnout. Mm-hmm. In the last kind of five years, there's been more um, research and thinking about parental burnout. So I think particularly during... Um, the pandemic, a lot of us have been stretched in ways that we, and our kids, to be fair, haven't been stretched in before either. But one of the things that the, the three components that they say make up burnout are emotional exhaustion, decreased accomplishment and depersonalisation. So I think when you talk about again and we thought we were over it, like we're more exhausted because we've been through this already. So decreased um, accomplishment just hit me in my feels. Did it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my that's my burnout language. It's just feeling Ben actually sent through this article today uh that I will link to in the show notes. I'm not writing any of this down, so if I don't link to it in the show notes, someone <laughs> please remind me. But um it was about how doing nothing is actually the best thing that you can possibly do for burnout, but because you know, our generation or, you know, modern society doing nothing is just so frowned upon and so not in our nature that doing Mm. nothing, you think it's going to increase your stress levels when actually it doesn't, but also just getting to that point where you can do it is just so confronting and almost impossible for a lot of us to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I really love their stuff at the moment because they're they talk a lot about, um, they talk a lot about experiencing a stressor but the stressor can be removed and we can still be having the stress response. So we need to complete the stress response cycle. Um, I don't so want they, to complete the stress response <laughs> cycle. The, the thing is, is the way that we, we, we can actually complete the stress, can complete the stress response cycle while the stressor is still there. Tell us so how, that's the, that's the exciting, um, you know, the exciting sort of um thing about what they're saying I and a lot of a lot of what they talk about um and look I I need to be honest I am getting the book I haven't actually read the book but I listened to um Brene Brown's podcast with with them on it um but basically they kind of say that there's seven things that you can do to complete the stress response cycle and I really liked I love reading about this stuff and learning about this stuff because a lot of the work that I do at the moment it really doesn't matter what people are coming to see me for as their initial presenting issue right now for a lot of the people I'm seeing it is COVID and managing um, the position that that's put us in and so it's almost like a lot of for the majority of people what's actually brought them to the setting in the first place isn't necessarily what we're what we're working on. So has COVID made so, your life a little bit easier? Because you're like, you all got the same problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, well, the thing that's interesting for sites, I think, and I read a great article um, by a psychologist um, 
who was talking about the fact that we're actually living through the pandemic as well. Um, and so supporting people. Oh, through a situation. sorry. I, th- I thought I thought you meant collectively the world, not just psychologists. Oh, sorry, no. just I was like, yeah, Fliss, duh. Like we're all living through the, through the pandemic. Sorry, I was not. I was too late in the night for us to be on the same communication level. I reckon. Do you remember? I think we're pretty in sync, but maybe not so much. I have to tell that story about that night when we drank way too much wine. This is so funny, listeners. This is the funniest thing ever. So Fliss and I are really, really close friends and have been for a very, very long time. And we get each other on like a deep, deep level. Most of the time. Most of the time. Not necessarily right now. Not right now. This was years ago. It was probably like probably close to 15 years ago. I was at Fleece's house and we drank just like that catastrophic amount of wine that you can really only digest when you're in your mid-20s. I just remembered what you were going to yeah. At the front of Fleece's house, <laughs> there was a courtyard that had this really big wall that was out the front. So we were sitting in the courtyard and there was a wall there. And Fliss told me this story about like walking across the front lawn or something. And she said, oh, but the, the wall wasn't there then. And I was like, oh, so you could see the road. And you were like, yeah, but you can't now because the wall's there. And I was like, yeah, but from the time when you're telling me the story, the wall wasn't there. So you would be able to see the road. And then Fliss went, yeah, but you can't see the road because the wall's there. And seriously, this conversation went on for like half an hour and we just could not get on the same page. And the next day we woke up and we were just like, what? So basically the, the, the summary of that conversation was that the wall hasn't always been there and now it is there and we argued about it for like 45 minutes. It was outstanding. It was such Why a good didn't night. just let it go? I don't know. We really, we doubled down and, we, and it got heated. Like we were kind of like, it got, it, it got mildly uncomfortable. It was such a weird night. Anyway, that just reminded me of that because I was like, what? I'm not a psychologist. What are you talking about? Sorry, Fliss. Back to what you were talking about. Psychologists. That does not include me. You are also experiencing the pandemic and kind of having to hold everyone up. Well, look, it's interesting because I think that um, that I guess how we kind of got there was you were saying, am I finding work easier? So I guess that was a joke, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should record this again in the morning. Have you been drinking tonight? No, God, no. I think I've just been, I've just been spending way too much time with a two-year-old. So I've gotten just deeply sarcastic. I know that feeling. Um, But getting back to, you said, what are the seven things that they say you can do to complete the stress response? I'll bring us back on track. So one of the things that they, so if we go back to the Bruce Perry model, this is how I kind of tie it in. Bruce Perry. Basically what he says is that in order to help soothe or repair a specific part of the brain, we need to activate it. So if we think about <clears throat> there's a lot of those subcortical parts of the brain that words don't actually mean anything to, so just telling ourselves it'll be okay, it, you know, um, this isn't going to be forever, just may not be cutting it for us um, as well as it might have the first time. Or so. But essentially what they talk about is... Um, uh, we all experience emotions and emotions to some extent are actually kind of involuntary and emotions have a beginning, a middle and an end and we actually have to go through that tunnel in order to complete the stress response. Um, so in order to go through that, they were talking about, um, you know how if you, oh, I don't know, years and 40,000 years ago when we lived in clans, we may have been like running away from... I think they use the example of a hippo because one of them, hippopotamuses, her are her favourite animals. Um, anyway, so you might be running like and hippos are brutal. Like they're yeah. really they're really they're dangerous. Really fast. Yeah, yeah, they're fast and brutal. Like they they look so cute, but yeah. if you go to Africa or hear of anyone that goes to Africa, oh, this might be rhinos. Hang on, I've got a weird tip. It might be rhinos. If you're running away <laughs> okay. from a rhino, you have to zigzag because they can't change direction quickly. Ah, so zigzag run, not in a straight line. If you are ever being pursued by a rhino. Oh, good tip. Thank mm, you. You are Thank welcome. You. <laughs> um, basically what they, what she was saying was, um, so you say you ran, run zigzag from a rhino or whatever, and you put that rhino off, you, you get back, 
you know, you get back to your clan and you get back to safety and you've had that physical exertion of kind of running back and that physical, oh yeah, like I've done it. And then you also that get that connection and that belonging to your clan who you kind of can celebrate with. So they're saying it's not necessarily that and that's what they think is actually completing the stress response. So they talk about um, any movement of your body um, being something that can actually help you release that and go through that. Um, have you been, you were saying you've been going for walks with Harriet. Every single not, day. Oh, they're not. Well, but they're not. She's two. Like I go, I go yeah. on separate walks. So I, yeah. I will go for a walk with her and then I'll throw her at Ben and then I'll go for my own yeah. walk. Because if you go for a walk with a two-year-old, it's not a walk. You kind of walk no. three steps and then you stand there for <laughs> half an hour and then you do another three steps and then her leg starts to hurt and then it's just <laughs> <laughs> nightmare. Okay. Apparently, Audrey has sore knees when she doesn't. <laughs> um, it's actually but, interesting. There was something I was thinking about with two-year-olds today is that it's a really it, it's really funny watching these little behaviours crop up in her. When she gets bored, one of her responses is to feign some sort of ailment. So she'll be like, my arm's sore, all my legs, all my, my, my toes are sore. And I'm just like, what? at what stage did you realise that complaining about something on your body or being in pain might actually distract me from the thing that I'm trying to get you to do. It's just really interesting. Like it's not, I'm not yeah, like complaining or anything, yeah. but I'm just like, that's a really early like hypochondriac response to something. Where did you learn it? Yeah. Why is it cropping up so early? Like, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. And, and do other works. people, yeah, do other people, you're, clearly, clearly your kid does the same thing. Yes. Yes, she does. <laughs> we, yesterday I was on a walk with her and she just wanted some Audrey time. So she stormed off to have some Audrey time. I was like, this is really, why is she all of a sudden wanting Audrey time? Because we weren't, like, we are fine. And then she just, ah, I want Audrey time. And I turned around and she just actually really just wanted to play with the blossoms that were falling from a blossom tree. <laughs> I turned around she had a hand out and I was like, oh. Like, did you have cute. to make that so dramatic? Just yeah, I don't and... know why you had to storm off. Oh, Mum never lets me play with the blossoms. <laughs> So um, I've actually been, um, we've got an AeroFit. So what is an AeroFit? It's kind of like one of those machines that, you know, you've, Az actually got it because he's bad knees so oh, he can't right. run or do anything that puts a lot of pressure. But you see them at the gyms and you kind of have those feet. Oh, like a cross skin. trainer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's got a few different names. So I've been doing that for, I try and do that for 45 minutes and that for me, so I find if I get my heart rate up for 45 minutes, that physical activity is good. But what, what they're actually saying in order to help complete the stress responses is actually any physical movement of the body. And I was thinking about, you know, obviously if you're with Hattie all day or anybody, you know, got all of the other responsibilities, you can't get on and go for a 45-minute kind of cross trainer. But one thing I was thinking that I do a lot with kids and anyone really in sessions is we do like shake like a dog like shake it off, shake the feeling off. And that's movement of your body. That's something that's going to help you, you know, one of the steps that you can take to kind of help get you through that. Um, that well, that's, that's one thing that I do to get Harriet to move when we're like, 20 minutes into a 40 minute walk and she's decided she doesn't want to walk anymore we do like star jumps and we do lunges oh. and we run up to the next tree and touch it or we collect a rock like we pick up a rock and then we run up to another rock and then we swap it with that rock and then we keep going <laughs> like i i am a i am an encyclopedia of dumb shit that you can do <laughs> to get a kid to walk the hell home because you're not putting them on your shoulders <laughs> so i think that i'm really pleased that that counts as movement because well, it just it <laughs> <laughs> to me, it just counts as 45 minutes Thanks. of epic frustration. <laughs> so excellent. Yay. Then you get your movement after that. Yes, so that's I do. your stressor. Then your stressor is mm. removed and you get to complete your stress response. Perfect. Um, so the other one, which I always find really interesting, um, is breathing. So we know that breathing's regulating. The amount of people, though, that I've seen and worked with and just know personally who, when they get told to breathe, it's really frustrating for them because they're like yeah I've been told that doesn't work but what that's we know me. that's totally yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> so what I say to people I talk to people basically again about about the brain and if we know that our brain stem is where um 
a lot of the stress response can originate. So um, neurofin, neurofin, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> serotonin, neurofinephrine, <laughs> dopamine. <laughs> I think we do need to do this in oh, the morning. <laughs> Um, this is but, this is but, what two parent brains are like when we've just spent far too much time parenting and working with no respite. Um, so we know that that does a majority of its foundational forming when um, it's in the intrauterine period up to the first nine months of life. Wow. So what we know is that, um, and remember I said in order to soothe a specific part of the brain, you need to activate it. So what can babies do when they're born? Or what can babies do in the first nine months of life? Cry. Cry and and to soothe them, we might feed them, we might pat them, we might rock them. So all of those sorts of things for all of us with a brain actually soothe our stress response. Eating, like feeding. Yeah. Um, So breathing is something that babies can do from the moment that they're born. You know, they don't need their cortex yet. They don't need to plan Mm. what they're going to have for dinner. (laughs) That comes later. Um, but that's why we know breathing actually works because it targets that brainstem because it's actually activating the brainstem, which helps soothe the stress response. Mm. So whenever I teach um, people to breathe, how do you know how to breathe properly? Only in kind of like a singing way and yeah. like a projecting my voice kind of a way, not necessarily. I have been doing some meditation. I started doing that a couple of weeks ago, but then now I have a child in my face all day. It's just like so hard I was like seriously I was ordering Indian food on Friday and the second I got on the phone she jumps onto my lap and starts going mommy mommy I'm just like mate you were just sitting down watching tv I'm literally on the phone and she's like I want some proper dance like you just sit down I'm I'm trying to make that happen do you want some butter chicken sit down like it's just so this is why I haven't meditated or breathed properly in a couple of weeks well that hopefully yeah I think that's really important to something that we might get to um in a little bit but it's about oh I'll let us get there when we get there but it is about that um you know how you're asking me is there anything that you think Hello, it's Carly just popping in to remind you to leave a review for the podcast if you haven't already. Go to the show page, not the episode page, and scroll down to the bottom where it says leave a review. I check reviews every single week and honestly, they make my day. And also I've been on a break for quite a while, so I haven't had a review in a very long time. It would absolutely make my day if you could take the time to leave a review. Also, don't forget this week's episode bonus is a printable resilience workbook called Who the fuck knows when things are going back to normal? It's full of exercises, questions, suggestions, and little tidbits that will hopefully keep you going right now. And yes, that is the actual title of this workbook. You can get it by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. Yeah. So any tips for kind of coping with this long term? So one of my things is that like, I'm, I'm really struggling with the lack of rest. So like I'm technically getting enough sleep kind of. Um, Mm. I'm staying up too late because I'm not getting enough me time. And then that's kind of bleeding into my sleep time. And so it's just really hard because, you know, we have everything normal for quite a while and then we go into lockdown. And then for a lot of people I know of having to use up a lot of their annual and holiday leave. Mm. And then when people get, and particularly for Victorians, because this is our sixth or seventh lockdown, I can't remember which one it is. But by the time this lockdown's over, there's no rest. We have to catch up on all of the stuff that we've been pushing to the side while we've been in lockdown again. So Mm. it's been a year and a half of no proper rest, no proper downtime. And then when we do get to see people, it's this like hurried, quick, see all the grandparents, see all the friends, and then you're back into lockdown again. And then it's like, there's no kind of chill. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the other thing that, that people talk about is self care. And I, I find that concept interesting because I think, People have different understandings of what that is. And thinking of, you know, like you in your situation, you can't have a massage or you can't take the time out to read a book necessarily or you can't take the time out to give yourself a manicure or, you know, all of those things. I think self-care is often thought about in terms of something that maybe a little bit of indulgence for ourselves. or but part of what we know is that 
you know, self-care isn't necessarily something that we're going to enjoy doing. <laughs> um, and self-care, actually, we need other people to prioritise our self-care as well. So prioritise, you know, for you and Ben to prioritise. So you get that time after your walk with Hattie for your walk and fair. I'm sure you give him the, you know, oh, vice definitely, versa. Yeah. So I think, but that I think is really critical when we think about that self-care. It's about it might not actually feel good doing it. Do I ever want to go out to the cold garage and get on the AeroFit? No. Um, but the thing that I've been doing is they, is they talk about pairing it with something that you really love. So, um, you know, I've been watching a crappy show that I could probably never justify watching otherwise. What show is my it? Half. I don't want to tell you. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me, what is it? Is it like, what is it, Kardashians or something? No, I'm going to leave you guys hanging. Oh, tell me. Come on, Quirk. Everyone's going to be really mad if you don't tell them. We might want to watch it. Tell us. Oh. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is it? No, no, it's still just film. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so much worse than I thought it was going to be. I love Dr. Phil. I love Dr. Phil. You know that he's not a real psychologist. He had his psychology yeah. license removed. Yep. Yep. Just because he's kind of dreadful. <laughs> anyway, so I have my heart, my 45 minutes of Dr. Phil out on the AeroFit. You I, are more qualified than him. <laughs> uh, I think he actually was, like, I think he actually was a, a practicing. He was, but he had, a, he had his license removed for something dreadful. I can't remember what it was. He, he was did, it removed? I think it was, was removed. It I think it was like mm. properly. I'll look it up. Yeah. I hope I'm not talking out of turn. If that's not correct, <laughs> someone please correct me. But I'm going to Google that when when we're done. Mm-hmm. I mean, please indulge, but just just know that you are smarter and better than him. But also guilty pleasure. Go for it. Yeah, he, he look. It is a guilty pleasure, and I just I just find it really interesting. Actually, some of the things he gets away with saying um, because of who he is and where he is and you know you just think yeah um yeah just I just thought I just find the the dynamics of it all quite interesting anyway oh look so, I love Dr <laughs> Phil you speak uh, my my guilty pleasure is Judge Judy I yes, like I remember that. yeah no it's still still now if you know in in my normal life I work up until three thir- three or three thirty when Judge Judy's on and that's when mm-hmm. I take my lunch break so I can watch Judge Judy this is like there me a month ago so <laughs> She just left, didn't she? She had her last show and that was it or something and people didn't even really know. I think she did. She'd been, I think there was like 17 seasons or something, but I Mm. think she's going to do a different show on a different network or something. Okay. She better take Bird with her. I really didn't think we'd be talking about this tonight. (laughs) (laughs) She better take Bird with her or I'm going to be really mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love me, Bird the Bailiff. (laughs) All right, so we're Um, we're coping. Kind of. Um... (laughs) so yeah I'm gonna go back to breathing yes so so I I talk to people about you breathe in through your nose and you breathe in through your nose because your nose hairs actually clean the oxygen so you're getting the most pure oxygen in your system that you can and we talk about square breathing so in for four out for four four times so out my nose not out your nose or your mouth. Okay. But it's in your nose. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. In, two, three. I can't do four. the in. The in's really hard. In. Look, and you need, to, you need to really work out. Look, some people four's too long, some people it's too short. You need to, it's not the number four that, you know, that really matters so much. Um, four's generally you know works for for a lot of people but it's more in out and the number of times um but when I'm doing that with little kids I kind of think about we might blow bubbles or it was a really cute little boy who I worked with one day he would like breathing in deep enough so got him to put a little book on his like just underneath his sort of you know on his diaphragm and he breathed in through his nose and if the book went up high he knew that he was breathing deep enough and then when he released, the book went down low. Aww. Anyway, so he was really cute. He did that. <clears throat> but then they came back the next week and his mum said, oh, he practised the breathing, but actually the first time he did it, he got really stressed. 
And I said, oh, why, why? And she said, oh, because he ran around the house and he couldn't find a book. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's not about the book. It's just about the breathing. Yeah. But it is about, you know, yeah, yeah kind of getting the um, getting the breathing. So into but that's great because it's good for people to have those kind of markers. Like some people really need a physical yeah. thing that will tie them to that type of habit. So that's really yeah, good. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, they also talk about. Well, they talk about seven kind of different things that they think just help complete the stress response cycle. One of them that they said was saying that most people um, find it easiest to incorporate um, is a hug. Mm. So have you heard of the 20-second hug? No. Um, just hugging, like hugging until your body relaxes and your system relaxes actually helps you go through that stress response. Oh, that's really interesting because Ben's a really long hugger. Like, oh. like he really, he really like latches on and really, and I'm kind of like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready, to go, <laughs> I'm ready to go do my thing now. And he'll just be like, oh no, no, just a bit longer. And I'm like, okay. And I'll just be like standing there waiting for him. And it's fine. Like I'm, I'm there for it, whatever he needs. But, it, yeah, but it's yeah. like, it's just, I just, I've always found it really interesting that he requires a longer hug, hug. than I yeah. do. That makes me sound horrible. No, no. Well, I think, you know, obviously we all have different, um, I'm, I'm not actually that physically. No, I don't. <laughs> so I think, you know, I found that interesting that that was actually the one that apparently most people can adopt and incorporate into their lives quite easily. But it was interesting because I made As hug me tonight. <laughs> and, and I basically just like hugged until I felt my body. Yeah, relax. relax. So they were saying, you know, when the stress response, you know, when, you know, when you've worked through your stress response, because your body tells you. Yeah, so, you know, you, you feel you feel that. Well, Another Ben and one. I read right before we had Harriet that when you have a baby, you make seventy percent less eye contact with your partner because you spend all oh. your time looking at the baby. So when we read that, we were like, "Well, every day we need to make eye contact." So like, if we've gone all day and haven't looked at each other, yeah. we'll be like, just like making eyes at each other. Like, we need to make eye contact <laughs> because we haven't, and we just kind of like do this weird thing with our fingers and just like you look me in the yes. eye because we haven't looked at each other all day. So yeah. I think that's kind of part of the. <laughs> the same thing that's good that's good in, in um yeah releasing kind of oxytocin so where are we up to we've moved our bodies <clears throat> we've hugged we've um, breathed. breathed yep um positive social interaction was another one that they spoke about i'm rolling um, my eyes because that's just so difficult tough. to get these days and what they were saying and i don't know what it's like for you but it can, it can be lightweight so it doesn't have to be hanging out you know, with all of your, your kind of closest buddies or, um, but it can just be like a smile, you know, driving past somebody or, and I thought, oh, that was really interesting. I was driving past the hospital today and I didn't have a mask on because I was in my car by myself. Um, and I smiled at somebody who was on the corner and it's interesting. She also didn't have a mask on. But she kind of smiled back and it was this moment. And I was like, oh, that actually was just a really feel-good fleeting yeah. moment, which is kind of weird because I don't even know why I smiled. I think we just kind of came to the same spot at the same time. But, yeah, <laughs> so um, positive social interactions. They talk about laughter as well. But they're saying it can't be kind of like social lubricating kind of laughter. It has to be that kind of, you know, when you laugh so hard that it's kind of almost like slightly embarrassing that yes. you laughed. Yes. <laughs> it has to be that kind of laughter. Yeah. So anyway. So is that is that seven? How many do we get to? No, I think uh there's a couple more. So they they also talk about crying. Crying, yeah. Yeah. But interestingly, um they were talking about not actually so when you cry, then focusing on your crying. So what do the tears feel like and how many tears are there and am I a bit snotty? Like getting involved in the actual process of crying, not keeping on thinking about what made you cry, but actually crying. Uh, don't relate the, to that just one. Just the concept of that makes me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm bristling here just thinking about it. Yeah. No, not my I mean I I yeah, that's just yeah. Yeah, and the other one is um, creative expression. So painting, yarning, sketching, um, designing. And look, as I said, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm going to. I actually bought it up um, after listening to the to the podcast because I just thought I'm sure that there's so much more in there. And they just sounded so 
personable and easy to access and a lot of what they're saying made sense um and their it's their stuff i think it came out in 2019 or something so i'm a bit behind the eight ball with it but i guess i found it really interesting pairing it in the model that i work from and yeah. thinking about that um in order to soothe or repair a specific part of the brain we have to activate it and i think again that's where um a lot of the physical kind of things that we can do are helping and that's why i also love um i love seeing the stuff that the kids are creating in as is let's draw stuff i just think that that's such an outlet and a way for kids to connect at the moment um you know sending him their little pictures and stuff like that and they they're they're awesome We've got Harriet on her little um, iPad because Ben's got Flow and she's been drawing in Flow and you can now like sync Flow with someone who's really far away. So she's been doing drawing with with her Uncle Muffin and they they draw together at the same time. So it's like it's really cute cute. and it freaks her out. She's like, where where is this coming from? But he's there, like you've got a little screen so you're looking at each other but you can draw and then she'll draw and she's like, this this is amazing. Has that come out? Has that come out? It's available, yeah. Oh, that's so cute. So if you, I remember, mm. yeah. So if you get flow for for iPad, sorry, we're just spooking all of our husbands' fun things <laughs> here on the on the podcast. But yeah, so so flow by Moleskin for iPad. If you've got an iPad and a pencil, you can and you both have flow. You can sync. I don't know how, but I'm sure there's instructions <laughs> on how to do it. I should know how. I work for Ben. I do all of his copywriting. That's so, so things like that. I just think always would have been really cool but now what a great way to connect in a way that maybe a couple of years ago we wouldn't have even necessarily oh absolutely and even though it's really heartbreaking being separated from family like I FaceTime my mum every day and she gets to see Harriet and you know like every time we're in the bath we you know call Lolly and make Lolly a Mm. cup of coffee in the bath and you know all that kind of stuff um I think we've almost totally wrapped this up because everything you've said has just been outstanding I just wanted to ask one more question have you you, Amelia and Emily (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've stolen a lot of their no but it was just really the way a lot of their stuff it's the way you said it though really um so have you seen any really terrible advice out there like any advice that's made you just go oh no please don't do that well, probably, probably just the way people interpret self-care because I think that for people who, like you are saying, aren't necessarily in a position to do what a lot of people generally think self-care is, um, it's just kind of hitting the mark and that would just, yeah. So, so probably just that. I think self-care is about other people prioritising your care as well yeah. Um, so that you get that time and that what you're doing doesn't might not be pampering to you necessarily yeah it's more it's more practical yeah so probably when I hear some of that self-care talk sometimes I I, yeah I just think it's not necessarily um so maybe switch your self-care from indulgent to utilitarian for the moment (laughs) potentially yeah (laughs) yes Yes. So I like to finish the show with a little segment called Kicked My Ass and Kicked Us, where we both share something we struggled with and also something that we rocked at. My kicked ass this week is losing childcare. It's, yeah, it's totally kicking our asses. And like, she's being so great, but I just need to just sit quietly at my computer and do some work. And I need to eat a meal where I'm not sitting, telling a two-year-old to sit down 400 times. And it really is fine. And we are fine. But it's hard. And I can't pretend yeah. that it's not. And I have also just 100% given up on looking good ever. Like, I just have one pair of overalls that I've been wearing, like, every day for weeks. And I just, I wear gumboots all the time. Like, I'm like, who even am I? Like, what, what has happened to me? Oh, look, I think it's so awesome that you're able to name to name all of that I think you know just being able to name it so you can tame it name it so you can tame it I love it it. to tame it that's a lot of yeah name it to tame it a lot of the feeling that we're having at the moment just naming it so what's been kicking your ass this week oh for me it's actually probably um Aud's really missing her cousins Um, you know, when she got that little dandelion and blew it and made a wish and her wish was to see Ariya, my heart just went, oh, I just feel like for her, she's just had us now for so long and, you know, 
and to, to, to be grown social up. and hang yeah. out with little yeah hang out with other and little people grown-ups are garbage company <clears throat> for two-year-olds like you you <laughs> love them so much and you want to give everything to them but when you see them with another kid their age and they're just talking yeah. their own little language and doing their own thing it's like there's really no substitute for that yeah yeah so that's i'm finding that hard at the moment yeah well my kicked ass this week is really fun so I ran a fundraiser for my local childcare, and as of a couple of days ago I raised a thousand dollars by raffling off a handmade jumper and That's it's awesome yeah well I'm really excited because it made me feel useful which is really nice because I really like golden stars and my happiness levels are deeply tied to my productivity, which has made the last year and a half really difficult. Um, so yeah, I, I also really, Oh, I also managed to do it while I was in Instagram jail, which was pretty great. So I unfollowed too many people too quickly and they put me in jail. Yeah. It's, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's a whole thing. Apparently it's like tied to bot behavior. So you can pay bots to follow a bunch of people and then theoretically some of them will follow you back and then you unfollow them and it makes you look really popular and I was manually imitating what these banned bots were doing so I did it and they they stopped me from posting for a week and then they let me out of jail and then I did it again immediately (laughs) straight away straight away they let me out of jail and the next day I was like I unfollowed them all again and then they were just like, learn your lesson. I didn't at all. They even gave me a warning. They even gave me a warning. Ooh. They were like, don't unfollow any more people or we're going to put you in jail. And I was like, Argh! and I did it. And they, <laughs> I'm not in a good place, Fliss. So that was for two full weeks. I was in Instagram jail, which was like the height of the fundraiser. And I still managed to raise a thousand dollars. Is it actually called Instagram jail? No, I'm just calling it Instagram call it? jail. <laughs> it's just what I call it. But I was just like, and every time I went on and they wouldn't let me like anything. It was very strange. So I'm out of Instagram jail now, which is great. But um, yeah. And to anyone who supported the fundraiser, thank you so much. I'm just in awe of how generous everyone was. And thank you. You've, you've made me feel slightly useful in this weird, weird time. So but what going, going back to the start, that's very, you know, that's increased accomplishment that gave you that feeling of accomplishment that you were it saying did. back at the start. So yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I do. I like accomplishment is definitely. Hey, so my did bag. somebody win it? So somebody got it. So it's a raffle. I haven't drawn it yet because oh. when am I going to do that? Like, yeah, I, mean, how I have are you going to do that. Well, I have to concentrate really hard, and because every. <laughs> I've made it really difficult for myself. So everyone who gave money gave it in multiples of five. So if someone donated $30, that's six raffle tickets. So now I have to go through all the people that donated and create like a virtual raffle and just say you donated $20, I'd be like, Felicity Quirk, Felicity Quirk, Felicity Quirk, Felicity Quirk. And then if so, yeah, it's a nightmare. I'm, I'm an idiot. But um, I'm really going to have to concentrate really hard because I'm going to have – very accomplished idiot yeah yeah (laughs) hey i i meant to tell you actually um elisa who i work with is a is um a very excellent habit oh really oh and she's converted a whole lot of people so she thinks you're she loves your stuff she thinks you're great oh fantastic it's it's all yeah it's important to share the warm fuzzies that happen behind our back thank you well the reason why you're here is because everyone fell in love with you in the last episode and i was like well duh she's great and i've literally had people be like can you can you get fliss back and i'm like sure i hope i haven't let them down tonight (laughs) 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 i'm not really quite sure what this was but um but yeah was that your kicked ass this week no, my kick ass is, oh, do you know what? What uh, it, We've got a spa. I saw that. So we got gifted it because when my sister had to move up to back up north. Um, is she not in Canberra anymore? No, oh, because, bummer. no, Brenny got made redundant. Oh, um, Because of. Of course. Yeah. Brendan's so, a pilot. He's a pilot, In case you're yes. wondering. It's not, yes. it's not a weird thing that we're trying no. not to mention. He's a pilot. No, like, no, he's a pilot. So, um, you know, hopefully that will take off for him again one day. It will. But, um, but so they had a house here and they, part of the condition of moving back to Canberra for M because Bren got posted here, was that she got a spa because that was what she needed to have if she was going to move back to Canberra because she loves the warmth. So they got a spa, but then they had to move back up north because of what the work situation. So the real estate agent said to them, don't rent out a house with a brand new spa. So they said, do you want it? Because we can't. 
Why so would you we, not rent out that <clears throat> house with a brand new spa? I think they can break and, oh. um, you know, if people want to rent the house and have kids, just all of that sort of stuff. Cool, can get, that makes get, sense. Can get yeah. tricky. So, um, yeah, so we got the spa. Um, and so that's actually, I'm loving that this week. We actually needed to get it fixed, which we had done not long before we went back in. Or Fantastic. Before we went into lockdown. So that's. I've been loving that. You'd love that. For, for the <laughs> listeners, uh, Fliss is the coldest living human in the history mm. of the world. And so a spa would be right up her alley. I've gotten into, yeah. she's picked me up in her car before in the middle of winter and it's just been like 35 degrees in there. Like can't even breathe. The air is so oh, thick and you're just I like, need mm. to move to the warm. Yeah, you really do. You're living, you're living in the, in the wrong climate. Anyway, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for being on the show, Fliss. It was lovely. And I just think that you should be on at least once every season. What do you reckon? I would love that. Let's do it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully I can be a little bit more compass next time. (laughs) Oh, and just quickly, um, have you been told before that you remind people of Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek? Oh, my God. I totally have. Oh, I thought you would. I totally have. So many people. That is Carly. That is Carly. Good. Yes. Yes. So I'm not alone. It's (laughs) It's the full body talking. (laughs) because <laughs> kelly has said this before oh. it's oh. it's because i gesticulate wildly all the time and i oh. i um it's also the articulation and the intonation of the way i speak as oh, well i love it i love it that's it for this week thank you for listening to very excellent habits the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits. And you can also find me, email me rather, at contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. Thank you so much to all the people who have left episode requests. I'll be getting to those at some point this season. If you do have a topic you desperately want me to cover, please leave a voice memo at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. Don't forget that this week's episode bonus is a printable resilience workbook called Who the Fuck Knows When Things Are Going Back to Normal. It's chock full of exercises, questions, suggestions, and little tips based on today's episode with Fliss to hopefully keep you going right now. Also, don't do any of that. That's fine too. It's all about survival at the moment. And if the thought of filling out a resilience workbook right now makes you feel deep, deep anger, just skip it. Your feelings are valid. You do you, boo. If that does sound like something you'd be into, you can get my Who the Fuck Knows When Things Are Going Back to Normal Resilience Workbook at patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. And one more thing, please leave a rating and a review. It is the best way to help other people find the podcast. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life. <laughs>